Welcome to the Under Grace Podcast. This podcast covers everything related to Jesus Christ, Yeshua, God, or Jehovah. God represents all things pure, holy, righteous, just, praiseworthy. The list goes on and on. Every human is a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is the punishment for sins? An eternity apart from our Creator, hell. We are nothing without God, and He offered His very own Son as a sacrifice for our sins in place of what we deserve. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Aren't you glad that we are no longer under law? If I still was, I'd be in a completely different place than where I am now. Grace is undeserved, God-given help offered to us for our renewal or purification or forgiveness. Still with me here? Good. Thank you for your time. So sit back and enjoy God's grace. Are you happy right now about your life? Think about the next few days. What do you have planned? Are you just going to wake up, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to sleep, and repeat? Or... Are you going to wake up, read a chapter in your favorite book while you're eating breakfast, listen to a podcast on your way to work, do a crossword at work, of course, during break, finish the podcast on your way home, go on a walk with your family or by yourself, eat a picnic dinner in the park across the street, have game night with your family or at your friend's house, then finish your day off looking at the stars. Are you inserting things into your life that fill you with joy, passion, or greater meaning? If your outlook on life is negative, boring, mundane, or drab, then you might be only pursuing your duties. However, if you are fulfilled in life, feel like you are a part of something greater, choose to be happy and joyful, and always have something to share with others when they ask, how are you? Then you are probably following your passions and your duties. First of all, what is duty? What is passion? They are both vitally important in life. Can you live on one alone while totally putting the other aside? Are both needed in order to exist in a fulfilled, wholesome, well-rounded life? What do you define or label yourself as? A father, a mother, husband, wife, accountant, nurse, electrician, educator, Christ follower, agnostic, atheist, Jewish, Muslim, hiker, scrapbooker, hunter, lover of books, cyclist, dog owner, snowboarder, traveler, photographer. There are tasks, jobs, a series of projects that must be accomplished daily, weekly, and monthly. Take a shower, clean the dishes, change the oil in your car, go to work, fold the clothes, take out the dog, mow the lawn, shovel the snow. These are called duties. They are what keeps us surviving in a world where no one else would do these things for you unless you get them done yourself, unless you can afford others to work for you. Duties are things that must be done or else you'll get behind in bills, you'll start to smell funny, you'll lose your job, you'll become a hoarder and your car will eventually cease from functioning. You will then most likely end up living as an unsettled panhandling drifter, digging through dumpsters and holding one of those signs that says, Disabled Veteran! Single father of four, looking for work. Anything helps. God bless. A great example of duty is your job. Very few people can say that their job also matches their passion, unless they're a surfing instructor, a photographer, or a genetic research scientist. 
Although sometimes you might find the occasional Subway sandwich artist, yeah, that's what they're called, who's passionate about his job. On a side note, I once frequented a Subway in Lakewood, Colorado every Tuesday. Back then, I'd receive a stamp on my Subway card for every purchase. Once I filled my card, I got a free foot long. So whenever I entered the front door, a particular sandwich artist behind the counter would always say, Welcome to Subway. Today's Double Stamp Tuesday. Double Stamp Tuesday. Come get your double stamps. He was so passionate about what he was doing despite the bored, expressionless attitudes of the customers. He was one of the very few examples I've ever seen of someone who was passionate about a job that seemed like a duty. Back to the podcast. Have you ever heard of Mike Rowe? He's hosted and narrated a number of TV programs, including World's Deadliest Catch, Dirty Jobs, Returning the Favor, and Safety Third. In a video on Prager University, he commented about people following opportunity instead of passion in their occupation. He went on to say, On Dirty Jobs, I remember a very successful septic tank cleaner, a multimillionaire, who told me the secret to his success. I looked around to see where everyone else was headed, he said, and then I went the opposite way. Then I got good at my work. Then I began to prosper. And then one day I realized I was passionate about other people's crap. I've heard that same basic story from welders, plumbers, carpenters, electricians, HVAC professionals, hundreds of other skilled tradesmen who followed opportunity, not passion, and prospered as a result. Thanks, Mike. The point Mike Rowe was trying to make was to not follow your passion in your job. Mike continued, Just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you won't suck at it. Thanks again, Mike. What he meant that in your job, follow the opportunity that entails the duty. Don't follow your passion. You might be passionate about being a home builder, for example. However, you might find out later down the road that your skill and your passion were very far apart. Mike Rowe closed by saying, Staying the course only makes sense if you're headed in a sensible direction. And while passion is way too important to be without, it is way too fickle or unstable to follow around. Which brings us to the final dirty truth. Never follow your passion, but always bring it along with you. So, ask yourself this question. Can one survive and endure in this type of a life where their only purpose, their only existence rests on accomplishing duty? Yes, they absolutely can. But where does that leave them? All they're doing is serving their existence, living in a shallow shell of survival. Their life is lived from a black and white perspective, instead of from an angle where they could see and live things in vivid detail. Duties are vitally important. They must be the groundwork of your life, the underlayer of your daily reality. If you don't have a job, you can't afford to enjoy your passions, right? Duty does not make you unique. It just keeps you sturdy, grounded, and in place. Duties must not be neglected or overlooked, or else you should not pursue your passions. Duty comes first. Everyone has time for duties, but many people have excuses to not pursue their passions. Passions are those extra things in your life that make you uniquely you. They are the simple bonuses that define who you are. The icing on the cake, the silver lining, the charm, the extra sparkle, the twinkle in your eye, the bounce in your step. Passions are usually hobbies that people indulge in where they can pass the time, enrich their lives, branch out and meet new people and feel like they can own their satisfaction instead of delay it or find excuses. 
Take a moment and think about the happiest person you know. It's all right. I'll wait. All right, you got it? Ask them about what makes them that way. Why do they choose, despite all their hardships, to remain happy? They don't have to be rich, and they usually aren't. Actually, they are pretty normal, everyday people that find an extra charm in their life. Most of them will point to a specific passion or passions as to the reason for their voluntary happiness. Most of them can also point to a person or people who they share their passions with. If I can think of a person who is at the pinnacle of living a fulfilled, well-rounded, happy life, it would be Dennis Prager. Many of my life's applications and philosophies have come from him. If you don't know who Dennis Prager is, I'll tell you. He was born in 1948, is Jewish American who lives in Los Angeles, California. He's on his third marriage and has several kids. There, I just gave you all of his labels. This description can include many men in Los Angeles. However, what makes Dennis unique are his passions and hobbies. He's a conservative political commentator. He's written several books. He collects fountain pens. He's a connoisseur of fine cigars. He has high quality sound systems. He enjoys classical music. He has three college degrees. He started Prager University, an online library of ideas and enrichment. He's an orchestra maestro. He's hosted a talk radio show since 1982. He's been used as a resource for issues on Judaism and Israel on many TV and radio shows. And there are so many other things that make him unique. If I can use an example of someone who is happy, content, confident, self-assured, secured, and satisfied, it would be Dennis Prager. However, he is all those things because he's led a life of devotion and has been faithful in many areas, including his duties. He also didn't get to where he is without going through tragedy and hardship. I mentioned before that he's on his third marriage. Divorce, especially with kids involved, is one of the hardest things any family can endure. In 2009, Dennis's mother died. The death of a parent, even if they've lived a long life, is always painful. However, Mr. Prager continues to enjoy a life of fulfillment and gratification, full of wisdom and experience that he passes on to others through his radio show, books, and Prager University. Let me share a quote from Dennis. There is little correlation between the circumstance of people's lives and how happy they are. And now, a word from our sponsor. We all depend on our cell phones, laptops, tablets, computers, and other devices. They are the lifeblood of a business. They store priceless information. They help us with school assignments. They keep us in touch with friends and loved ones. They keep us on time to appointments or remind us of important dates. One of the most frustrating and sometimes devastating things is when one of your devices doesn't function as well anymore or even completely stops working. This is where Integrity Device Repair comes to the rescue. Integrity Device Repair is a concierge device repair company that can set up and fix your smartphone, tablet, Mac or PC, smartwatch, gaming console or music player, and help you master it. They can help in selected stores or over the phone. Their down-to-earth and professional technicians will physically meet you anywhere in the state of Colorado, whether it be where you work or live. Pick a location and they'll be there, rain, snow, or shine. Are you outside of Colorado? No problem. Simply mail your device in and Integrity Device Repair will take care of it. 
Cracked screens, water damage, speaker issues, no signal, device rebuilds or battery issues. No job is too difficult for Integrity Device Repair. Do you need a new case for your cell phone, a flash drive, a Bluetooth headset, the latest laptop or cellular device? Integrity Device Repair offers competitive prices for all these as well. Contact Integrity Device Repair at idrtech.us. That's idrtech.us. They have the highest ratings on Google and many satisfied customer testimonial. As a promotional opportunity exclusively for listeners of this podcast, enter the word UNDRGRCE in all caps into the message section under customer support and receive a 10% discount on your purchase. Try Integrity Device Repair and they will live up to their honest reputation with their fair pricing and flexible schedule. Integrity Device Repair. They can fix it almost as fast as you can break it. I was once asked by a coworker what I like to do for fun. It wasn't a loaded question. There wasn't a hidden meaning. He just wanted to know what my hobbies and passions were, what I like to do on my downtime. At the time, I was married with no kids. My wife and I should have had many hobbies and passions that we enjoyed as a couple or individually. Before kids, we had all the time in the world. However, I didn't really do anything but work in those days. During my days off, I did read a lot, but who didn't read? I gave my coworkers some lame answer like I enjoyed hanging out with my wife at home. It didn't make me lame. I was just following my duties at the time and not many of my passions. There are three things single men do with their passions once they tie the knot at the altar and become a family man. Number one, they allow them to fade away. Number two, they continue to pursue them. Or number three, they hobbyify them. The first option is the most common alternative many married men select. However, it has become an epidemic around the globe. Many family homes are used to seeing fathers as emptied out, couch potatoes, overweight, who have no motivation or drive. They are ghosts at the table. This is because they have abandoned their passions to follow the duty of husbandhood and fatherhood. Men need a passion that gives them an identity, drive, and interest. Something they can escape into and feel alive in a masculine way. Men who choose the second option and continue to follow their passions as a married man, to the same degree that they did as a single man, are paving the way for a very unhappy spouse, and if they don't make some changes, a failed marriage. You don't have to give up what you love to be with someone you love. You can still follow your passions to some degree when you're married. Maybe you can even do them together with your spouse. There's an idea. However, you must leave room to pursue your spouse. And this brings me to the third option, the hobbification of your passions. This is the best route to take if you haven't guessed yet. Saying yes to your passions doesn't necessarily mean saying no to your family. Instill your passions into your family. Go fishing together, camping, hiking, play board games, talk religion, politics, philosophy. Take your bikes out regularly. Make memories. Teach your son woodworking. Teach your daughter how to draw, but also take time for yourself to enrich your own passion in a form of a hobby. I married young and gave up a lot. I stopped writing my zine. This was a personal publication with poetry, blogs, band interviews, and music reviews. I quit playing drums in a band. I stopped going to see the bands that I loved. I quit pursuing many of my passions to instead pursue my duty of being a husband. That's where I was all wrong. I gave up passion for duty. I was miserable sometimes. When I was married and sometimes when my wife was away, 
I wondered who I was at my core being. If my job, degree, and family were stripped away, what would I be? What was my identity? A husband, father, college graduate, an employee? Any of those could have been taken away. My passions should have helped define me. But I didn't have many passions back then. I realized now, in hindsight, that I didn't have much of an identity when I was married. I just went along with whatever happened around me. I was a different man back then who had some direction of my own, but who also walked in the footsteps of others. Since I became single in 2011, I've developed, enriched, and found new passions and hobbies. If you haven't already noticed, I have a podcast. I'm also a novice cyclist. I love hiking and backpacking, research genealogy. I study the Bible and history. I listen to and enjoy playing music. I serve at my church. I go on long walks. I like to talk about politics and world news. I'm involved in the Samson Society. And there are so many other things about me that makes me unique from other men. I can label myself as a single father, a son, an uncle. I'm a Christ follower, a healthcare worker. I have a master's degree. I live in Colorado. I'm Caucasian. I'm taller than most people. I'm conservative politically. But those labels don't define me. They're just labels that place me in a group with other similar men. However, like you, I want to be unique. I want to stand out from the rest. I want to belong to a group, which in itself makes me exclusive. I want to grow and be enriched through my uniqueness. I have a saying, I never stop learning. I want to attract others to my exclusiveness and help point them toward a more active, fulfilled, successful, happy life. You may be listening to this and think, good for you, Dave. You finally found yourself. I'm happy for you. However, I feel stuck, like I can't escape from this box of routine I'm in. I want to become more fulfilled and unique, but I don't know where to start. Don't worry, you're in good company. I've been there before. First of all, let me ask you a question. What were you passionate about as a kid or a teenager? If you're married, what did you like to do for fun when you were single? Is there a way you could still enjoy these things as an adult? Maybe you liked coin collecting, bike riding, or you played baseball. Can you get back into those things? Do you have friends who enjoy certain things that you can join them in? There may even be passions out there you could dive into that you are totally unaware of at the moment. Maybe this following list can help. There are seven basic types of hobbies or activities that I would describe as passions. Number one, enrichment hobbies. These are hobbies that enhance your mind or spirit, like learning a foreign language, studying the Bible or history, writing or blogging, listening to music or playing a musical instrument. Number two, sports. This isn't anything professional, just activities that can keep you fit and help you meet new people, like jogging, cycling, weightlifting, team sports like basketball, flag football, golf, or tennis. Number three, social activities. These involve two or more people who share the same passion. Things like going to a sports game, playing card games, serving at a church, a hospital, or homeless shelter, special groups like church small groups or an antique car club. Number four, creative hobbies. These involve artwork and opening up your creative side, your right brain. Hobbies like painting or drawing, pottery, photography, or needle arts. Number five, collecting. This is simply just adding items to a collection you started but never finished. 
Hobbies like collecting coins, stamps, or Star Wars figurines, baseball cards, genealogy, or animals. This last one I don't recommend if you want to get married. Number six, outdoor hobbies. This is just going outdoors for an activity that doesn't require youthful physique. Birding, also known as bird watching. Astronomy, hiking or walking. Hunting or fishing. And number seven, domestic hobbies. These are mostly hobbies that are enjoyed by women. However, cooking can be quite rewarding for men too. In addition to cooking, there is decorating, scrapbooking, and quilting or knitting. You might try one or several of these hobbies just to see which one you enjoy the most. Hobbies should not be about competing. They should be about satisfaction and fulfillment. They shouldn't be draining. They should be a way to sometimes relax or reach a goal. If you're clueless as to where to start, look up a website about local clubs that do these hobbies. It might cost a little bit of money to join and purchase supplies, but sometimes that's what it takes to fulfill your passion. Well, folks, that's it for this episode. Although passion and duty are very far apart in this definition and scope in life, they are both vitally important. Duties are fundamental to your daily survival. They pave the groundwork for success in your life and your job. However, your duty shouldn't be your only lot in life. Follow up your duty with your passion. Find something in life that you might not necessarily be good at, but you love to do. But remember, as Mike Rowe said, just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you won't suck at it. Well, stay tuned for the next post, Passion vs. Duty Part 2, Where Do You Find Your Identity? Happy listening, and remember to bring your passions along with you wherever you go.